Hello, welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. I am Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life and the life of Christians on Fridays sometimes uh, as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So this happens to be one of those Fridays. This is a Christians of History episode, uh, taking a break from creeds and confessions and theology 101 to explore the life of some fellow Christians that have lived in history. It's as easy as that. So without any further ado, Lucas, why don't you tell us about today's lucky Christian? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Theodore of Tarsus, um, who is known for being an Archbishop of Canterbury, even though he was in fact from Tarsus, as in Tarsus from Saul of Tarsus in um not England, but in uh, the Greek-speaking empire. So um, a very interesting figure um, that I recently was, became aware of um, and so figured this was the perfect opportunity to, to sort of share a little bit about him. So he was born in Tarsus, uh, which is in the region of Cilicia in, in the, uh, the Byzantine Empire. Um, he was probably born sometime around, like right around the beginning of the seventh century um, AD. Uh, he, based on the time when he was living, probably when he was, you know, 10 or 11, he would have experienced, uh, basically living where he was living and, and what was going on in the world. There was war between the Persian empire and the Byzantine empire. Um, and during his childhood, uh, the region, uh, that Tarsus is in was, was actually captured by the Persians from the Byzantine empire. Um, which would be interesting to dive more into this. So he, th there would have been this, this, the result of that is basically, you know, this Greek speaking, this Greek uh, Christian boy is, is being exposed to Persian culture, Persian literature. So he, he gets to know Syriac, um, the language and Syriac literature, which is really interesting because of all of the church um, culture and church writing that was done in Syriac that, that, I was, I assume he would have become aware of, which, you know, he wouldn't have had access to if he hadn't been exposed to um, the, the effects of being sort of, you know, cap, you know, conquered by Persia. So it's kind of interesting, but um, things kind of changed, got a little worse. So by 637, Tarsus was actually conquered by Muslim forces. So if he hadn't already left at this point, he would have basically needed to flee. And so, by this time, he lands in Constantinople, where he, um, you know, he studied, he, uh, he became well learned in, in Greek literature, both Christian and secular, in theology, in ecclesiastical issues, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, became um, a learned individual member of the church. And later, really interestingly, he traveled to Rome. So, so we've started off in, you know, in uh, Tarsus, we've made our way all the way to Rome at this point, where he lived with a community of Eastern monks and continued to study, but now he's studying in Rome. So he is learning Latin, secular and Christian Latin literature. So he is now a Greek Christian uh, who is not only capable of speaking Greek and Latin, but is is studied in both the Greek and Latin church tradition, right? 
Um, so that is is really interesting, especially at this time being in the in the six hundreds, where the divide between the Eastern and Western Church is a little bit more pronounced than it used to be, right? As as time has gone on, especially with all of the um, different you know political and and social effects going on with things like wars between the Persians and the Byzantines and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so in, in 667, so he, he's, he's a fairly old man at this point. He's already close to 70 years old. Um, somebody who was, was going to become the next Archbishop of Canterbury in England. And, and he was sent to Rome by the, the King of England and um, the, the Church of England. And he was sent to Rome in order to be consecrated as the Archbishop of Canterbury by the Pope, who at this time was Pope Vitalian. Um, but this guy dies in Rome, like unexpectedly. So now there's, there's no, there's, there's nobody to succeed the Archbishop of Canterbury. So, um, Pope Vitalian ends up choosing Theodore to, to be consecrated as the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, because of the advice of a monk named Hadrian. And this monk Hadrian would, would go with Theodore to England because he had been to England before and he would kind of be, um, a little bit of a, of a helper and a partner with him um, during his time as archbishop. So on March 26th, 668, Theodore was consecrated by Pope Vitalian as the Archbishop of Canterbury. And then he and Hadrian began their, their long and arduous journey from Rome to England. And they didn't actually get there until May of 669, <laughs> um, which is kind of crazy to think about. But that's he he kind of right away uh began serving as archbishop so as archbishop of canterbury theodore visited all the different regions on on the island he he was offering instruction and in things like how to date easter which was a big controversy with the with the uh, church in in the british isles at different times in history he you know how to um, or not how to, but, but he also was consecrating bishops and, and priests and ministers in places that didn't have bishops and needed um, sort of the, the, the structure of the church to be kind of like strengthened. And, and uh, he was dealing with conflicts, uh, you know, determining who is the rightful bishop of this, of this area, you know, like those kind of like more administrative side of things. And um, Bede, the, the venerable Bede who wrote um, a, a huge history of of the church in England at this time. Um, and, and he's from, beat is from um, a little bit later. Um, so he, he's an, he's a very, very old source, but, but writing a history after the life of Theodore, he comments that Theodore was actually the first archbishop of Canterbury that the whole English church agreed to obey. Um, so he had obviously some, some popularity and some pull as archbishop. Um, there was also something really cool. Um, Hadrian, that monk who became the abbot of a, of, a, of a monastery at Canterbury and Theodore, they worked together to kind of um, start a school at Canterbury, which, which pretty remarkably, you know, again, we're talking about the 600s. There's this school in Canterbury teaching in both Greek and Latin, um, as well as like theological and, and ecclesiastical things. Um, but so you've got this really uh, important, like surprising to me, uh, intellectual and uh, educational side of what Theodore is doing, um, which he's really like uniquely 
able to do because he is he's you know unlike probably anybody else in England at this time he knows Greek and Latin um so he's able to like like that's just something that nobody else could really offer um and he and he he you know uses his position to to set up that that school um along you know another big big piece of it of what he did that he's known for is he is he called um a a local synod for the whole church of England um at Hertford in 673, which was, this was, I believe the first, um, the first council of the whole church of England to be called. Um, and this, he was, he instituted some reforms in terms of calculating Easter Episcopal authority, um, having synods come together regularly and, and some, you know, other like medieval church stuff. Um, and then at a later synod, he, he actually called another one and he was sort of a leader in, in, uh, getting the English church to reject the monothelite heresy, which at this time was, was, was really big. That is the, the subject of the, the sixth ecumenical council all the way out in, um, back in Constantinople way East. But so he's, he's very much involved in the, the issues of the day, even being a Greek person way out in England um, uh, and serving serving the church or at least trying to serve the church in that way, um, which is just really, I don't know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy to me. Um, just his, his, uh, his journey being, being so vast in terms of, of space at a time where that was not commonplace, you know, and, and bringing so much learning and um, service to the church in, really different context. The last thing I'll say, which is kind of just more of a funny thing, um, that this is actually how I found out about him. <laughs> um, so there were back in the day, you can find these, I, you know, I was assigned to read one of these in one of my classes last semester. And, and if you were to Google this, you could find it, but there were these, these manuals of, 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 uh, like basically punishments to be given for certain sins called penitentials. So it was like, they were like pastoral guides for priests uh, or confessors. Some, you know, somebody comes to you and they confess that they committed adultery. Like what's a good, um, what's a good penance for them to do? And it's like a manual that kind of walks you, walks you through it. Um, so he actually composed or, or was, you know, oversaw the composure of a penitential. It's called the penitential of Theodore. And there is a really fun Twitter account called the Penitential of Theodore, which just tweets random quotes from this document without any context, which they're just absolutely hilarious, like to just stumble across. Um, some of them are a little more uh, like obscure and some of them are just kind of like, oh yeah, that actually, that kind of makes sense. But then some of them are funny. Like the most recent one that they've tweeted is, as for boys who mutually engage in vice, he judged that they should be whipped. And that's the whole tweet. <laughs> and uh, I'm a big fan of it. It's a funny account. And this is actually, I stumbled across it and I didn't realize until later that this Theodore was actually an Archbishop of Canterbury. And then he, his feast day recently happened. So like I saw a tweet about that and I was like, oh wait, that's that guy. I, f I follow that penitential, <laughs> that's so funny. And then I, I uh, became interested and in, in so, so that, that kind of led to why I chose him for today. But that's, that's more or less the highlights, uh, more or less the life of Theodore of Tarsus, 
Archbishop of Canterbury. Nice. Um, so yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Lucas. That was great. I mean, again, we say this every time, I feel like, especially recently, but someone I didn't know and learned a little bit about. So that's that's the whole point of Christians of History. So thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you would like to connect with us, and I'm pretty sure that you do, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, send us your questions, send us your episode ideas. Let us know if you want us to do a live stream or not. At the end of the day, we would love to hear from you. And until next time, peace. Peace.